This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello! And it is our goal to podcast and talk about birds. And apparently we must be pretty good at it because people keep wanting to interview us about it, which I don't understand why. I don't either. Apparently for Minnesota, we're a fairly popular podcast. I don't... I don't actually... I can't find the way to look at the numbers on Squarespace, so I really have no idea how many people listen to this, but apparently people do. Okay. Anyway. Good. It's been hard to podcast recently so hard. no actually it's just been hard to internet everybody out there i just want to create a safe space right now i don't no it's a friend of mine who uh much like myself does social media as a significant portion of her job like posted mm. recently on a fairly volatile day saying i have to figure out how to social media without actually social media without actually using social media today because oh, okay. like i have to go because if it were just me and I, I, I actively haven't, you may have noticed on the Bird Chick Facebook page, I may not post as often as I have been just because I can't stand going on Facebook right now. Everybody is so angry and everybody's angry about some of its justifiable stuff like racism. Totally justifiable. And then some people are really unreasonably angry about Pokemon Go. And I'm just like, there's just too much anger on Such Facebook. Like, it's equal weight issues. You know, I can see why that would that would trouble you. Yeah, uh, no, I have things pretty well curated. Uh, I'm actually getting to the point where, you know, I just, I, as I've mentioned before, I didn't unfollow my crazy relatives whose views I don't want to hear. I actually removed them from my Facebook so that they're not there anymore. And I, I have, have you know, changed my name on my personal page, so I'm a little bit harder to find. And no yeah. one has ever figured out how to spell my married last oh, name. Oh, yeah, no, So that's, that's one way to yeah. avoid the, some sure. of those relatives. But, the, but no, I mean, I'm friends with... People who I thought were reasonable, it's like, hey, we, we all no, like birds. Be, no. And then, like, all of a sudden, it's, just the whole political spectrum yeah, no, is like, wow. It's how an did election year. It is impossible for adults to d- rationally discuss politics. It makes everybody into a child. On all sides, everybody. Yeah, no, it's like, not. I have a friend on my side who I'm about to mute because I've, like, clicked, like, several times. Show me less posts like this, like today, like five times, and they're still showing up. I'm oh, like, I, I have muted. Yeah, I have no, muted people, and it's... and maybe I'll unmute them. But right now, it's just and like, I enjoy like oh. people like rationally discussing ideas that challenge me, but just yeah. like throwing just like they're throwing tenter, temper tantrums, and I was like, I didn't have kids for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm and so glad we don't have kids. Yeah, I'm sad we have adult friends that act like kids. <sighs> Politics. We're not going to talk about that here. This okay. is a safe space. Sure. We're not going to discuss anybody. Because, actually, I will say, my absolute favorite thing that I did see, though, this week is, mm-hmm. is your refrigerator running? Because I'd like to vote for it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes. That's exactly where I want to be with political jokes Boom-tish. right now. That is, no, it's just adorable. It's right. just, that's... So, safe space. We're not going to talk about Let's talk that. about cats indoors. Let's move into something non-controversial. No, actually, we're going to talk about Pokemon. Oh, again? Okay. So, no, is because... The po- is the Poke cast? No, I mean, people are... Pokemon is still controversial in my oh, neck of the woods. Um, yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. No, I... One of the people I muted this week, mm. or actually a week and a half ago, they were really... Ang- they were so angry about Pokemon Go mm. that they downloaded it. You almost made me spit. <laughs> 
scotch. Okay, first of all, I would have lost the whiskey I was drinking, not scotch. Sorry about that. But this is also the computer we're using to record the podcast. Sorry. So double dumbass yeah. on you. I, I have to be very careful here with pronouns. Yeah. This person downloaded it just, sure. just to show yeah. how angry they were. Right. And it yeah. was like as they were step by step going through it uh-huh. about and just complaining about every little detail. It's like, sure. I really like you and I'm just going to mute you right now because right. you're not the... You, you've now become a curmudgeon. Right. You're too young to be a curmudgeon. No, I was having this conversation uh, with a friend of mine and like, you know, the, the old joke about when I die, delete my browser history. And it's like, I'm not really concerned about what people will find in my browser history. I'm more concerned they'll find like the terms and people that I have muted on Twitter and Facebook because that's like, that's, that's a far more damning thing that I do not want people to know what I have specifically muted so I do not have to hear about them at all. What's crazy is, so... You and I have a pretty strict friending policy. Oh yeah. I mean, you're more you're more tight about your personal Facebook. Oh yeah. Than I Generally am. speaking, I only like friend people I actually know. Yeah, and and that's pretty much me. I mean, I have to have a legit conversation with you. If 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 you see me on Facebook, if if you if you manage to find my personal page on Facebook, mm-hmm. and you see that we have thirty friends in common, and I have never had a face to face conversation, I with never you. want to have a friend post a joke on my wall and have some somebody else say, "Oh, I don't like not get it and like take it seriously." Yeah, yeah. That is that is my yeah, that's, yeah. Because that's my that's the thing I hate is when I know somebody yeah. and I post something to their wall. Like I have friends who are. Uh, skeptics and feminists and stuff mm-hmm. like this. So as a joke, I will poke like an old 50s comic oh, strip yeah, about yeah. women scientists being harassed and someone will say, I can't believe you posted this. Yeah, this is yeah, like, oh, yeah. just fuck off. No, I just, I don't, I just, I, I, I want to have a, I don't, I don't like being in a position where I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed and yeah. somebody leave, put has something out yeah. there and it's like, I have no idea who this person is. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to know who you are. So that's one thing. And number two, the other reason why I'm, I'm really leery mm-hmm. is early on in Facebook, if you were into birds and we, and Facebook suggested mm-hmm. you, I, sure. I friended you. And then one day somebody started a dirty conversation with me in Messenger, which mm-hmm. is fine. I'm an adult. I can handle that. I right. dealt with it. Um, but the thing that bothered me was the very next day I noticed this person became friends with an underage female relative. Uh. And I was like, okay, that's not cool. So yeah. I'm sure you're not a perv, whoever you are out there. Oh, I'm sorry. They're talking to me. Well, I was you're like, what the totally hell are you a perv. Yeah, that's kidding. why I married you. Yeah, exactly. you know? But it's like, because of that experience, it's like, I, I really have to have a, a face-to-face conversation with you. Sure. And, and the other thing is, if I have a face-to-face conversation with you, I can tell right away. It's like, oh. If you were friends with me on Facebook, either something I would say would offend you or some interaction that you and I have on Facebook because we kind of live to antagonize each other oh, on our sure. Facebook walls. And it's like, I don't I don't want to... Ex- I want you to think that I'm this kind, healthy person that you think I am and not, <laughs> and not this this deviant that, that, that you would probably not approve of. So sure. anyway, anyway, that's why I created the Bird Chick page where we can just talk about birds and just birds. hang out there. Anyway, so anyway... Were you going somewhere with I this? Was, this started because of Pokemon Go. Because oh, okay. It cracks me up. I write for various things. Sure. I write for myself. I write books. I write articles. I write I write all the time. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that I really labor over and really take the time. And I put that out there and they get some reads and it's like I get some feedback on it. I recently saw a picture uh, on Facebook that pissed me off. And I had a deadline due with Outdoor News, mm-hmm. and I whipped something up in under 25 minutes, 
and it is going bananas. All right, what was the thing that pissed you off? So it was basically a picture of a kid holding a crappie, and he'd gone fishing. Ah. And it had a little, and it was memed around. It was like, catch fish, not Pokemon. Mm. And I got so angry because here's, and and I'm just going to open up the article. If there, if only there was some way we could reach young people and get them out there outdoors. We need a way to get kids moving for their health and well-being. Something <laughs> has to be done to create programs to increase children and families' <laughs> access to the natural world. Okay. If only there was some way for us to bridge the gap between indoor kids and people of color who may not use our parks. The person who could create such a thing would be a genius. Sure. That thing has been created, everybody. That thing is called Pokemon Go. And if you have, if you're one of my naturalist friends who have been bitching nonstop about people playing Pokemon, meandering aimlessly on a trail, on a bike trail, goodness knows I've dodged them on my own bike trail. Pokemon Go is it. We have said for years, I've been, you know, that whole last child in the woods, Richard Love thing about how we need to get the kids that are indoors playing games outdoors. Sure. It's out there. It's called Pokemon Go, and it's working. And you need to not be pissed off about this. You need to find a way to leverage this. And it was really cool because Outdoor News was who I write for, Mm -hmm. and they were the ones that posted the crappie photo, and I got pissed off and sent this to my editor. Not giving any fucks at the time when I did, but Mm -hmm. 24 hours later, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have sent that. You found a fuck in the back of the refrigerator? I did when I woke up the next morning. and um, But but Rob was really cool. Rob could have just been like, yeah, this is great. Um, Can you just write something about owls or cardinals instead? But no, (laughs) he put it out there, put it on the front page of Outdoor News, and and it's been been really well received. And so this this is the thing. We've all been begging for this to find a way. And please understand, Pokemon is not just random monsters. There's a thing to it. There, there are certain types of Pokemon. They're only in certain types of habitat. So, like, <laughs> if you want to get a Squirtle, which is a weird little blue turtle for those who aren't right. in the know, you have to be near water to do that. So, it's getting people outside. It's getting people thinking of habitat. It is that bare-bones basic thing. And... I pointed out, it's like, this is not the solution to life's problems, but you should download Pokemon Go, and if you don't understand it, have a young person take you out and teach you about Pokemon, and while they're pointing sure. out that Squirtle next to the river, you can point out the actual turtle that I'd the like to point out, Yeah, I'd like to point out that, you know, bird watchers and nature walkers and stuff, they're, they're fucking around with technology, too. Like, your camera, and like, like you're standing... You're blocking traffic, and you're getting in the way, oh, and you're not paying attention to I what's know, going I know, I know. And I've had birders say, well, birders would and never do this. I'm like, um, really? I almost took a picture of this guy. I was actually out for a Pokemon walk the other day at a nature at a nature center. Got totally nugged. Um, but as I was walking back to my car, I totally passed a guy who was, he was bird watching. but holy shit, was he dressed like Ash Ketchum. He, Ash Ketchum, he had, like, the red hat on and, like, a pair of shorts and stuff. He's, like, looking through his binoculars. I almost took a picture of him. By the way, my, my Pokemon av- avatar, the mm-hmm. outfit that my Pokemon, sure. the, the avatar, I was like, why can't birding clothes look like that? Oh, I'm sure they look practical. Yeah. They're, they're spandex. I'm they're sure just... there's an Etsy store out there. That, yeah, this is the way bird yeah. watchers need to dress. It looks cute, practical, mm. comfortable. It looks really comfortable. But... Sure. But I just, I just, 
Yes, there, someone else is, but there's another picture going around where there's, like, someone, they're hiking, and they're engaged, and then, like, behind him is someone on the phone, or, and, and yeah. it's like, you need to experience the real world, not the fake one, and I'm just like, um, I think the person on the back of their phone, that is the person submitting their list to eBird in the field. <laughs> just everybody, the, and the other thing is, and someone else made this comment uh, in the article, too, it's like, you get them into Pokemon Go. The next step is to get them into either iNaturalist or eBird because that's where you're also collecting the data. It's Just... yeah, it's complete nonsense. I mean, like if you keep a life list, that's you know, the fact that it's you know the real world versus the virtual world. I, I, don't I honestly, I and Who I enjoy playing the game. I yeah. enjoy, I enjoy the game has like made it more fun. I shouldn't mm. say more fun. The game has made bike riding a bit more interesting for me. I will always love bike riding. It's made, it's made biking less fun for me because I keep stopping every time I get a buzz that there's a Pokemon. Oh, see, did I tell you? I come up with a strategy for that. No, you didn't tell me. So, like, I know, like, around the lakes, that's mm-hmm. where I'm going to find my Poliwhirls, my Psyducks, and all this. Sure. So I kind of look about who needs to be evolved and things like mm-hmm. that. So I just, like, today I went out, and I, and I granted I was out a little bit longer than I expected to be, but I made a point that I'm not going to stop for every magic carp. I know I want to get that Gyarados someday, but today it's all about Psyduck. So every time I saw a Psyduck or a brand new Pokemon, I stopped for that because I right. need to evolve that Psyduck. But I don't have my screen where I can see it. I just have it in my pocket and I get a butt. You hear the sound like... Oh, see, I have a thing on my bike so I can see exactly. my phone screen. Yeah, I yeah. know. I... Do you, wanna... you should borrow that when I'm at work. That thing that I gave you, I should borrow that? Yeah, man. You should. Okay. You should do that when I'm... You should use that while I'm at work. <laughs> I'm serious. You're out biking when I'm at work. You should sure. use that. All right. But anyway, Pokemon Go is not the end of the world. And you know what? Two months from now, you and I are going to make it's a joke. Nice and like, it's remember nice. how Pokemon Go is a thing? Yeah, it's nice that uh, we have something to distract bird watchers from hating on eBird. And uh, was it like having apps on your phone that can play sounds and I know. stuff like that so they don't have to learn? Yeah, it's nice that you... There's, it's yeah. kind of like uh, as someone like I forget who the comedian was had a joke about uh, the great thing about pit bulls is they really took the heat off Doberman pincers. Oh my God, that's really true. I've like, had I've I've <laughs> talked to people who are really unreasonable about uh, pit bulls, and I'm just, yes. or I'm sorry, we're supposed to call them pibbles now. Pibbles, yeah. Pibbles, and and they're just like oh, I was like. They're just like any other animal. Yeah, Doberman Pinschers just... were the the yeah, they 70s. Were. They were the yeah. Satan dog. That they was were the Satan dog. Out, God, yeah. remember they killed that girl in that one James. <gasps> they killed O from Story of O yes. in that one James Bond movie. Yes, Corinne Clary. Corinne Clary. God, she was hot. All right. Anyway, whoa. We have, how uh... do we go from how do we go from Pokemon to Story of O? All right. What's your uh, what what else you got for us here? Um. Oh. <laughs> I have one hell of a a, a segue here. Okay. We're gonna go from Pokemon. The story of O. Yeah. To, to the American Birding Association. Good. And King Kaufman. All right. Why don't we? Let's let's just we're gonna go there. We're just gonna anyway. So the American Birding Association has been having a contest this year to recruit new members. Yes. And there's like a monthly contest, mm-hmm. and then there's a there's an overall contest. You and I have kind of half heartedly been engaged in this. You and I won one of the monthly contests. Fantastic. Where's my gold bar? We won a whole bunch of books that we already have. <laughs> we won we, a whole... Wait. We won a whole bunch of books that we already have. In marriage, you 
<laughs> you have the same books that N- I do. Napoleonic Law? Yeah, I yeah, don't Yeah, yeah. So. No, seriously, you're going to be able to sell these books. Like, I have that one field guide that's autographed by King Kaufman that says, To One Hot Mama. I'm sure you can do that. Sure. Do something with that. Anyway, we have a whole slew of Kaufman guides that I don't uh-huh. need. Not that they're not good guides. It's just I already have them, and I need mm-hmm. space for books that I don't have yet. Sure. So... I came up with a brilliant idea, and we're going to lose money on this because it's going to cost us shipping. Sure. Anyway, if you join or renew your membership with the American Birding Association, and please tell them that either I sent you or non-birding Bill sent sounds you. sounds like a pyramid scheme. It is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> uh, and... Anyway, if you send us a screenshot of proof that you have recently renewed or have joined the American Birding Association. I'm pretty sure you're going to get an email. Like you just forward us the email, I guess. Yeah, they do, because that's what yeah. they did the last time. Right. Uh, then you will get uh, one of these books. Now, I have to tell you, the Kaufman Field Guide to Advanced Birding uh-huh. is autographed by what? Mr. Kaufman himself. What? And it says, thanks for supporting the American Birding Association, Ken Kaufman. Now, if you want this book, mm-hmm. you need to renew your American Birding Association membership now. Mm-hmm. And as a bonus, when you send us proof, both non-birding Bill and I will autograph it. And we'll I write... haven't talked into this. What's in it for me? You're way more popular than I am. Well, there more you people, go. Yeah, you, that just gives me more leverage. Do you know if we win the overall... All right, so how many books do we have? These are all different books, by the way. And I posted a picture of all, right. all the different books. So we Where have... did you post this picture? With the blog post with this oh, okay. for this right. for this podcast. Okay. So for podcast, what is this? So the so the first person to send us something gets the autograph book. No, the first person it's basically first come first serve. So if you send right. us something, because I mean maybe someone already has a, an autograph okay. Ken Kaufman book, but maybe they really want the Kaufman Field Guide to Butterflies. All right, so. If you do this, no, okay. Are they supposed to email you? Sharon at email SharonAbergic dot com. Here's okay. what I would say. Give me three books. Yeah, Give me the your order, absolute one, first two, one three. that you want. Yeah, and the second one, and uh, then the third. There is a picture on the blog post mm-hmm. for this for podcast two twelve. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to read all the books that I have that I'm going to give away right now. Oh God! Please tell me you mean you're going to read the titles. Just the titles. Oh, oh my God. That would be a podcast, though. Just, no, okay. it wouldn't. So we have an unautographed Kaufman Field Guide to Birds of North America. Okay. We have a Spanish version, the Gaia de Campo a las Aves de Norte America okay. uh, by Ken Kaufman. So if you want that guide in Spanish, that's for that. Mm-hmm. If nobody claims that, I will donate that to Optics to the Tropics. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Kaufman Field Guide to Butterflies of North America. Okay. I can't believe all these books that I have. I don't have this book, but I don't need it, but I think it's a great book. Mm-hmm. Kaufman Field Guide to Nature of New England. Mm-hmm. Okay. The autographed Kaufman Field Guide to Advanced Birding, which if you wish, non-birding Bill and I will enhance that autograph. We'll personalize it to you. Perfect. Actually, if you want us to personal, if you guys oh, want... Oh, yeah, we'll personalize well, all of these, well, but only one of the books has Ken Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. So if you want us to autograph any of these, and, and really, don't... If you're thinking, it's like, why would I want you to autograph this? I want you to think about this. Yeah, no, it's fine. I have a Stokes Guide that is autographed by Douglas Adams. <laughs> of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The Starling Page is on That's a sure. book that you could sell a lot of money. Because it's autographed by both the Stokes and mm-hmm. Douglas Adams. So when I die, you should sell that shit. Um, I'm assuming I'm dying first. Okay. So the next book that we have is a Kaufman Field Guide to Mammals of North America. All right. And the 
other guide is a Kaufman Field Guide to Insects of North America. Okay, so you have to renew your membership. Tell them the Steitler sent you. And yeah, and you need to do it, it to SharonFerchick.com. Yes, we need to see your proof of... Let's say since since July. Since the beginning of July. Yeah, since the In beginning case of July. just done it. So is, where, where's the Field Guide to Pokemon? I should write that. <laughs> Actually, you, you know, you, you joke about this. Yeah. I... I don't want to say the event's name. Yeah. There is an event that's coming up that I have to be part of. Sure. I'm more than likely going to be leading a Pokemon walk in that, which right. I'm happy to do. And I'm actually kind of working on a Pokemon field guide. Pokemons? Pokemon. Pokemon field guide Pokemons. for the area that we're going to be in. Because, yeah. Oh, there's also a Kaufman field guide to nature of the Midwest. Don't ask for that because I'm keeping that because that is the one Kaufman well, book I don't have. Well, then why even bring it up? Because I just saw it here. If you really want it. You dork. No, that's that's the one, apparently the one Kaufman Field Guide I don't have. Uh, great. Okay. <laughs> that was pointless. All right, what else you got? How high can birds fly? You won't believe how high birds can fly. I'm going to post a link so to this. High. When I started to read this article, I was intrigued. When Should I got I? to the middle part of the article, I was impressed. When I got to the end of the article, I blew my own mind. Sharon. Yeah. Birds fly to the stars. Oh, God. I guess. You haven't once said you liked my dress. <laughs> I like your dress. All right, so how <laughs> If high... you can name the movie we just referenced. You will win Sharon's book that she doesn't want to give. No, she won't. No, no, I'll, I'll send you a Disapproving Rabbits book. How about <sighs> that? That is something you don't get. If you can, oh, seriously, seriously. If you knew the movie that Bill and I just referenced, mm. non-birding Bill and I just referenced, you can either have... The Kaufman Guide to the Midwest, which I wasn't going to give away because I kind of wanted that, but I'll give you that, and we'll do whatever you want to it. Uh, you can have a copy of Disapproving Rabbits or a copy of A Thousand and One Secrets Every Birder Should Know. And if you want anything written in there, we'll write anything Why in there. Why would you do... What, like, this is costing... You're costing us, like... Okay, first of it's all, each of these deductible. books is going to cost us, like, three bucks. You've already cost us, like, it's tax 18 bucks I here. I know, I know. But honestly... And I'm always the one who has to put this together. I'm always the one who is like, go to the post office and print out the post. But we don't have to do that anymore because we live in a place where there are people that will... Anyway. Oh, you'll have to print out a label. Poor you. And get the envelope and tape it all together. Do we not have envelopes? No. I thought we had envelopes. No. Nobody joined the ABA. (laughs) Ignore everything I just said. No one's going to get the movie we just Can we get back to the story? Yes, they will. It was like one of the most popular movies ever made. Yeah, but we're old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that movie is not as what's recent your, as what's you your think. Stupid report about birds flying high. And there was an article about uh, exactly how high birds fly, and that it will impress people. Guess what the <laughs> highest flying bird of all is? Two feet. No, the bird, not the height. Uh, a duck. No. A different duck. No, it's not. A, it's not waterfowl. Uh, a, a land duck. It's still waterfowl. Uh, a bird that was shot out of the space shuttle. No, the highest flyer of all is Rupel's griffin vulture, native to Central Africa, and was confirmed to cruise at 37,000 feet. Okay, there was absolutely no chance I was going to guess that, so why did you, you even ask me? You could have guessed vulture. No. I would have I like, thrown you that bone right. if you had said vulture. So what is it doing all the way up there? 
I ask looking you. for things to eat. From 37,000 feet up? Or maybe it's migrating. Oh, my lord. Many bird species live in habitats that are well over 13,000 feet above sea levels. And oh, wait, this is above sea level? Well, that's bullshit. Well, it's like repels... if you're on top of a mountain and you fly off. Yeah, well, no kidding. You're going to be... The... Okay. Ugh. Well, the repels griffin vulture. What effort is... does that take? Oh, look at me. I'm 40 stories the above the ground. When was you flew took... off uh, 40 stories? Let's... let's, let's... Uh, well, I haven't flown off it, but I've taken an elevator up there. Oh, look at me. <laughs> I'm not... so 40 stories. No human being before the 1920s has been as high as me. Taking an elevator is not the same thing as Yeah, flying. well, guess what? If you're born on top of a mountain and you have wings, flying that high is not that impressive. <laughs> it is if you have the brain the size of a walnut. You'll never guess how high this snow how high snowflakes can go. They're on top of Mount Everest. Wow, that's a really amazing fact. Thanks a lot. God. Why are you hating Do you know how much <laughs> You won't believe how deep this fish that lives on the bottom of the Marianas Trench can go. Yeah, it, that's where it lives. That's what it does. <laughs> that's not where griffin vultures live. I mean, the griffin vultures were probably flying Look, with when, Okay, when you told me that, what was it, the albatross or whatever it is, flies for months without landing, mm-hmm. that's impressive. Like, okay, I want to know how this goes. If you tell me a bird that lives above, like, you know, 40,000 feet above sea level, flies at 40,000 feet, yeah, that's where it lives. So I probably should not talk about, like, uh, hummingbirds found in the alpine region and Andean condors going really high since that's where they hang out. That's where they live. Griffin vultures. Anyway, they don't live at... If, like, a bird starts at sea level, what's the, what's the bird that has the greatest variance in where it goes? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I would guess that that's probably the griffin vulture. Because sure. you don't always find them at high elevations. Okay. I mean, that that would be a place to go. But... All right. Okay. So, okay. Geese. That would be another one. Okay. Cool. There are geese that go at 18,000 feet. Cool. And, you know, at other times they're, like, nesting in cattle pastures in Sweden. That is very cool. That is that is a very cool story All that right. geese can do that. All right. Anyway, if you want to read more, there's a link at Life Science. I don't want to talk about it anymore because you're getting oddly violent about it. <laughs> do we need to go back and talk about Ken Kaufman some more? You won't believe who lives in Idaho. Idahoans. <laughs> <sighs> Are you finished? Yeah, I Are you think pleased so. with yourself now? Yeah, very pleased with myself. I bet there's a Pokemon you could uh, go catch up there. Why don't you go check it out? <laughs> 40,000 feet. All right, so here's an interesting <sighs> story. Good. We have talked about nest cams on this podcast oh, yeah. on and off and the drama that can ensue. Yes. So a first that I'm aware of of ever happening on a nest cam... Uh, happened in Israel, and my friend Jonathan Mayrev. And mm-hmm. also, if you would like to go to Israel this fall to see some really cool raptor migration, you can hang out with me and my friend Jonathan. Uh, go to Wildside Nature Tours and look for the Israel trip that's happening at the end of November. We still have a couple seats left, but you should sure. check that out. Anyway, uh, he's been part of a team uh, that have been monitoring an eagle nest in uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. And the other night, why well, say the other what night? What kind of so, eagle? Short-toed eagle. Okay, weird name. All right. You know, it's one of those things. You name the birds in the hand. Some eagles have longer toes. You know, anyway, short-toed eagle, which is one of the birds I think you will see if you come with us on this uh, trip through Israel with me and Wildside Nature Center, or Wildside Nature Tours. Anyway, 
there's been a nest cam on it. It's been fascinating. Some poachers tried to poach the chicks in the nest. Okay. And people were watching it live on the internet and right. immediately started texting mm-hmm. and messaging and emailing the people that operate the cams like, hey, we hear people talking about, we hear people climbing the tree. We hear people, there are people, the eaglet is out of the nest. And I, so I've linked to it. And when mm-hmm. you see it, there's a caption that's all written in Hebrew. If mm-hmm. you scroll down, the translation is there. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, you can hear the poachers that are trying to get the eaglet suddenly notice that there's a camera there and they're just like, oh, fuck, we need to get out of here. Yeah. And But because like people were watching this live on the internet, they were and and like the people monitoring the cameras like oh hey they're poachers let's call the park and let them right. so the poachers were apprehended but the thing was the poachers <laughs> yeah the poachers uh, were apprehended but the eaglet like was startled out of its nest it fell mm-hmm. down on the ground they went out that night and they they grabbed the eaglet and put mm-hmm. it back in the nest because it was susceptible there's all sure. kinds of things like one of the, like the last time I was in Israel. We saw a lot of cool birds, but we also saw a lot of mammals. We saw um, jungle cat. We saw right. mongoose. We saw Israeli wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were all kinds of things that were going to eat this eaglet. It was just a little mm-hmm. too soon for it to be on the ground. So it all had a happy ending. The eaglet ends up back in the nest. You can watch okay. the series to the, the link that I sent. But it's like poaching is something that we hear about. It's not a huge thing in the United States. It happens. Right. Usually poaching here when it happens, it's birds being shot. But as far as I'm young birds being taken out of the nest and sold in the black market. That is definitely something that happens far more in the Middle East and in Africa and a little bit in Europe. It happens too, I would say, it more well, in Canada do, than like, it does here. Do we know anything about the motivation? Was it like falconry or it, a with, menagerie? With the bird of prey, or... I would assume it's falconry. Okay. There's, yeah, I would assume it's falconry. Right. But we it, don't know. We, we don't know. Okay. It could just be somebody's personal exhibit. Oh, sure. But I mean, up in Canada where you have the white face, uh, deer falcon, mm-hmm. that's for sure falconry. Oh, and sure. I know someone who had an opportunity to go to a black market to a country in the mm. Middle East and showed me video and there were a lot of white deer falcons there. Mm. And he was talking about how hard it was going there and seeing that because not all the birds were in good health mm-hmm. because of what happened. Sure. Poaching is a thing that happens, but it's not something that you see live on camera. And I think this is one of the cooler things that has happened with uh, an internet camera is that these are people who have been watching these short toad eagle eagles mm-hmm. online. These are their eagles, and people were reporting it. So it's nice that it had a good outcome, but it just shows you how pervasive poaching can be in other countries. Okay. What else do we have? Um, the next story. This is fascinating. All right. This was a, a story out of Audubon and is talking about a woman named Brooke Durham, who is a wildlife rehabber who specializes in parrots. Okay. And there are certain areas in the United States where there are feral parrot populations. I mean, if you go to Chicago, you and I were in Brooklyn. We saw what the monk or AKA mm-hmm. Quaker parakeets sure. there. Yep. Um, but you know, when you go to the Rio Grande Valley, you have uh, the red crown parrot. You know, you have some parrots down there. You have parrots that are arguably some of them are clearly birds that are released, and this mm-hmm. is a feral population. But it's close enough to their natural range that this. There oh, yeah. could be some actual wild parrots mixed in there, and this is an established population. Mm-hmm. So this is a woman in San Francisco, or in Southern California, that is uh, taking care of injured parrots from this feral population. 
and once they are well enough to go back in the wild, she wants to release them. Mm-hmm. And um, but they're not native. No, ah. but it is an established feral colony. Okay. But the way the laws are here in North America, mm-hmm. U.S. Fish and Wildlife says, yeah, you can't release parrots. You can't release pet birds out in the wild. Mm-hmm. But these are birds that have been living in the wild for right. a while. Maybe they got hit by a car. Maybe they mm-hmm. flew into a window. These are not parrots that have been raised with humans, so it would be terrible pets right. that would do awful in captivity. Mm-hmm. So it's better to release them to the wild. U.S. Fish and Wildlife's like, yeah, technically that's illegal. You can't do that. And what fascinates me is that U.S. Fish and Wildlife is kind of digging in its heels here on these parrot species. Well, but it's legal to release house sparrows and starlings. And those are kind of the same thing. Those yeah. are non-native birds. Those are feral populations of those birds in the United States. Interesting. How do they draw that line between... Is it a time frame or is it... I guess you could argue time frame since... You... Right. They predate the United States. Well, it, well, house sparrows, I think, predate mm. the formation. Mm. I think house sparrows are arguable. Okay. Um, I'd have to look that up specifically. Let's see. When did... When, when, hmm. No, house sparrows do not predate the United States. But, I mean, house sparrows... It's arguable that house sparrows were brought over mm. with the founding fathers, but they really didn't come Well, into... the founding fathers were the start of the United States. I'm talking about, like, the 200 years before 1776. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, house sparrows really didn't become a thing until the 1850s. Okay. Right. Pigeons. Pigeons would be another example. Mm. Pigeons came over with the Founding Fathers, and yeah. pigeons are an introduced species. Starlings didn't come over until much later. So, essentially, uh, they're telling this woman to destroy these animals. Don't release them. Don't destroy release them. Destroy them if okay. you have to. She's releasing them anyway. Oh, uh, okay. But there's That's also an argument that these birds in their native countries mm-hmm. are on the decline. And, uh, and and if you think about the house sparrow, you know, the house sparrow is on the decline in some of its countries. Mm-hmm. So are these birds that are in decline in other countries, are we going, going well, to become stewards of them in the United more States? More importantly, is is there evidence that these birds are displacing no. a Native American species? No. Oh, no. okay. Well. Unlike the house sparrow and starling, mm-hmm. parrots, the evidence right now would suggest that these species of parrots are not displacing Native species. Interesting. Okay. So it's I, a yeah. it's a fascinating article. I encourage mm-hmm. you to read it. Um, I was fascinated that you know these the, when we were in Brooklyn these because we were there in February like yeah mm-hmm. it was around my Monk birthday slash yeah. Quaker parents, that they yeah. can survive in New York winter and thrive and like you know colony you know have these huge some of these colonies. parents live in high elevations yeah. or used to cold weather yeah yeah that's 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 uh, that is an interesting story where the law comes into conflict with nature i yeah. guess and, and, like, and, you know, and that's something that that i would think about so if somebody no, it's finds not like an there's... injured quaker parakeet in brooklyn right and you take that to wildlife rehabber they legally would not be able to release yeah and that. i mean it's not like i mean you get into these situations with like pest animals like uh, the cane toad in australia where they're mm-hmm. actively trying to eradicate this animal but there's no it's it's simply illegal it's not you know, it's not a pest. It's not something that, oh, because these these parrots are here, they're destroying crops and, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, displacing other animals. They're not really harming anybody, but it's... But, I mean, that also kind of goes back to something we brought up uh, on this podcast mm-hmm. before, is that U.S. Fish and Wildlife has a lot of things that they're in charge of. Mm-hmm. A lot of investigations that they have to do. Sure. 
a lot of things they have to deal with and times are changing quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you are in the federal government, you cannot change laws quickly. And so I get yeah. the sense from the article that U.S. Fish and Wildlife is telling her, technically you can't release these birds. She's going to do it anyway. U.S. Fish and Wildlife has bigger fish to fry and they're going to ignore her. But I think this article is important to bring this up that we are gaining these populations of non-native birds. And it's not just parrots. There are swamp hens. There mm-hmm. are bishops that we're getting. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I just said like... <laughs> this idea... I'm thinking of like the orange bishop, but like, you know, this population of like guys in big hats roaming around in Florida and California. Sorry. Anyway. Anywho. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of orange guys in Florida, so... What's our next story? Um, I didn't, those. I think. Let's see. I talked. Good. To oh, it's a short one. Good. It's too hot. I, I, it is too hot to podcast. Yeah. And any this and, podcast is too hot to handle. No. Anyway, it's just I don't have a lot of news stories because I'm afraid to internet right now. Yeah. I just want to encourage you if you are part of the Bird Chick Network, <laughs> please send me happy stories. Send me stories about birds. <laughs> the Bird Chick page is a safe place. If you see a cool picture of a bird post it we want to see that we want to see pictures i want to see pictures of vultures i want to see pictures i would rather see pictures of starlings taking a bath than any political post out there so if you need a place to escape come to the bird chick page look at birds post birds let's just make that a safe space where we can pretend that we're all reasonable is there anything uh, you want to recommend for the people's Yes, postmodern jukebox. That is something okay. I am listening to constantly right now. It's a it's a guy who gets together with other musicians and they take songs and they put kind of like a 1920s oh, or 40s spin on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite songs is "I Don't Mind," which is basically um, "Shorty, I Don't Mind." Right. Uh, you, most people know about it is there is the popular song "All About That Bass." And there's this <laughs> lovely woman yes. who actually was playing a bass and did I, kind of a 1940s I enjoy their cover version. Of that when it's like... They have several covers. Okay. Look up Scott Bradley and Postmodern Jukebox. Okay. I highly recommend that. Uh, I have a recommendation. This is a very this is a very qualified recommendation. If you are an old school Doctor Who nerd, mm-hmm. uh, some friends of mine are doing a podcast. I've started listening to. I enjoy it very much. It's called Get Off My World. You'll probably find it under Doctor Who Get Off My World. It is. A very enjoyable podcast for the hardest of hardcore Doctor Who nerds. I follow about 35% of what they are talking about because they are talking about uh, the classic Doctor Who show, a little bit of the new Who show, which they have problems with, but they're also talking about the audio dramas and the novelizations and the comic books. And they're just, it's, it's a very fun conversation because it's three hardcore nerds talking about the minutiae of something that they are interested in. So go and check it out. It's it's I've been in I've been enjoying it tremendously. Who, who all is on that podcast? Uh, it's Kelvin Hotley, Pat Harrigan, and uh, Josh Scrimshaw. And it is it I is, love Kelvin. So it's tremendously fun. They all have very different voices yes, and what they, they like. Do. And they try very hard to be positive. I mean like they're very positive about old who 
and they try very hard to be positive about I new know, Who. But Kelvin but Hatley is great. I love Kelvin. Uh, I, they reminded me how much I miss talking to Kelvin on a regular basis because Kelvin will make the most insane statement. I know. I know. And then he will walk you back through the logical steps he I took know. to get to that. It's like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. I can see how you did that. I, I have performed with Kelvin on more mm-hmm. than one. And, and yes. I did recently where we had to argue about different modes of transportation in science yep. fiction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was there, not with Josh Scrimshaw, but with Joseph Scrimshaw, the yes. other Scrimshaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're passionately discussing things. But then Kelvin pauses and has his rebuttal. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> Kelvin Hatley, if you ever, if there is ever a podcast that has Kelvin Hatley on it... So. You should, if he's a guest or if he's yes. on it, Kelvin. Kelvin so, is one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, Doctor Who, colon, get off my world. Actually, it's, anything that has a Hatley fun. or a Scrimshaw in it, yeah. that, that, that's worth listening to. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun if you are interested in talk about classic Doctor Who. So, there we go. All right. And it's, oh, that's your movie podcast. I was about ready to go into a thing about movies, but we should save that for your movie podcast. Okay. All right. All right. So, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 212. If you have any questions for Sharon, you can find her on... Twitter as BirdChick. You can email her, Sharon, at BirdChick.com. You can find her on the Faces book. Uh, make sure to check out this post for information, uh, a recap of information about how to win a field guide. And, 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 listen to me very carefully. If you decide you want a field guide, you have to give us your address. Yeah, I'm going to ignore your email and if it doesn't you have, have your mailing address. you have to live address. in the United States. We are not mailing internationally. We'll mail internationally. You just have to pay shipping. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.